Hello, this is Sunny, and this is A Sunny Look at the Bible. I'm so glad that you joined me for our last episode in the series on counterfeit light versus true light. And so, episode four, here we are. I'm actually going to be able to speak the things I was unable to get to that night of our All is Light event, uh, the part that I had to either buzz through or cut things out or not even be able to preach. And so it's not on the YouTube video. This is new information. Super excited to go into this. Our other three episodes, I have broken down each of the 12 deceiving practices in more detail, taking more like 30 minutes each episode. Uh, So we're going to wrap this up with how to test the spirits. And that's what we're supposed to do when we're in a world of confusion and counterfeit light. And there is the swirling of, okay, well then what can I believe? Well, the Bible says there's a way to know you test the spirits. And 1 John 4, 1 through 3 in this uh, is the ESV version. It says, dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because many false prophets have come into the world. This is how you can recognize the spirit of God. Here we go. Verse three, every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, but every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. There is more. Verse four, this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. They are from, so there's more than one Antichrist. I know that many of us may have been raised to look for the end times and the Antichrist, but the spirit of Antichrist, it's a lowercase spirit, lowercase Antichrist in this verse. It's saying that there are multiple and it's anything or anyone who is Antichrist who would say, as Buddhists do, that Jesus was another prophet, that Mormons would say that Jesus was a good man. These are not saying Jesus Christ is Lord. (laughs) Jesus Christ is three in one with God. That's what an antichrist spirit is. It says it will not confess those things. Verse five, they, the antichrist, are from the world. Therefore, they speak from the world and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. But this we know By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So what it's saying is if you are a Jesus person, if you believe Jesus is Lord and Savior, we are from God. And whoever knows God listens to us. It's saying that if you're in one accord or you're in agreement over who Jesus is and he died for us, then they're from God. But if they will not listen to us, there's your test. So it doesn't make you wrong. It doesn't make you have the spirit of error. It's saying you are the spirit of truth if you believe and confess Jesus as Lord, and they are in the spirit of error. But we as Christians can't get bullied. We can't get uh, pushed around by people who are just living in the spirit of Antichrist. So I broke it down a little bit more And I want to reiterate, kind of in my own words, those four ways in which you test the spirits. Number one, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. You tested the spirit, it passed. It also is saying, if they don't, it's the absence of them not confessing that is important to recognize when you test the spirit. 
The third thing it says is they, the Antichrist spirits, are from the world, and therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. So if you feel like the outsider, and it seems like everybody out there is agreeing, well, of course, because the world listens to the world, therefore those speaking from the world. And then fourth, it was saying, they will not listen to us, us Jesus people. They will not listen to us. So if you run into an obstinate spirit, don't think that that's proof you're wrong. It's proof that they won't listen to you. And I'm talking about if you're speaking on Jesus, if you're arguing over how to school your kids or what to feed your family for dinner and you argue, that's not what I'm talking about. We might be the one in the wrong. I'm saying confessing Jesus as Lord. So the bottom line is there is a spirit of truth and there is a spirit of error. That's exactly what that verse told us. So what becomes culturally acceptable and celebrated around us here on earth? What what becomes acceptable when it's talking about the world, that the world listens to the world and and celebrates the world? But what what are some examples of that? Mormonism or Seventh-day Adventists claim they're Christians. It's not true. Um, Mormons would not have the same belief in the one and only Bible and Father, Son, Holy Spirit as Trinity. Seventh-day Adventists, they might have some really great things to say about portions of the Bible, but they uh, do not believe Jesus is Lord and Savior. They do not believe that he's the Son of God. He rose from the dead. Catholicism, some consider them the same as us, but the Catholic Church um, would say that they are the only true church. And now lowercase Catholic used to mean universal church, but uppercase Catholic, as in the people we talked to today that are Catholic, I know our son had a quiz. He went to Notre Dame High School, which is a Catholic high school, and it said, what is the one true church? And it said the Catholic church. Now, it was capitalized Catholic, so that isn't okay, but like the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, it talks about the, um, we believe in the Holy, or we believe in the Catholic Church. What it really, it's a lowercase Catholic, and before um, like the Roman Catholic establishment, Catholic was translated um, universal. So basically, the universal, we believe in the universal church that would say, meaning all over the universe, that we believe in the Trinity. But Catholic as in Roman Catholic or a Catholic church, maybe in your area, they don't believe exactly as we do. We don't pray to saints. We don't pray to Mother Mary. We don't pray the rosary. We don't go in confession booths. Um, we don't believe in the Eucharist that when you take communion, the the body and the blood is actually what we're ingesting. They believe that the Eucharist is that it's transfigured into our mouth. So we're drinking wine, but it's actually blood we're ingesting. We're taking the bread, but it's actually his flesh. We don't believe that. We believe it's actually just the juice and some bread or some dry cracker. And it's like baptism in water. It, it is a outward, it's a sign, it's a ceremony. It's like eating birthday cake and singing happy birthday. We didn't bring on the birthday. We didn't create the birthday. There's not some holy, crazy spiritual thing happening at the birthday. We're just doing the tradition. We're having some birthday cake and we're blowing out some candles. And And I'm not trying to be sacrilegious, or, but we have made, we're not to make any graven image, but we're also not to make any ceremony more important than 
It's about Jesus, a relationship with Jesus, our heart soft and open. He is our Lord and Savior. And so we do not believe, we don't pray as the Catholics do. Um, now, does a Catholic person pray direct? Some Catholic people pray directly to Jesus, through Jesus, to the Father in Jesus' name, amen? Yes, but as for the statues and the Catholic books of the Bible, the Apocrypha, the extras that they have, um, we we don't pray to the saints and we don't do um, church and belief the same as Catholics. Um, is Harry Potter safe? Here's a question for you. If culturally it's acceptable and the world does it, but it's about witches and warlocks and our kids are obsessed with it and we're obsessed with it and it it, it would... I mean, let me put it this way. If you were to say to me, Sonny, you cannot love the TV show you're watching. You cannot. I probably wouldn't die on that hill. Hill, I'd be like, why? But there's no TV show that I'm obsessed with. But when you bring up Harry Potter, the books or the movies, people will fight you. If you're like, really, are you going to have your five-year-old get obsessed with the wizard? Really? Like I look back and I, at the time thought it was dumb. My mom wouldn't let me watch Bewitched. So I'd sneak and watch it. And I was like, this is the coolest. I wouldn't let my kids watch Bewitched. I was glad that it wasn't really an option for them, but yeah, why? There's some things it's like, um, Paul says, is, is everything permissible? Yes. Is everything good for you? No. Meaning you're going to go to hell because you watch Harry Potter no, probably not, unless you get into all that witch dark wizard stuff. And But to watch it probably is not going to uh, take your soul to hell. But is it, it's permissible, but is it good? Is it good for you? No. Why, why open yourself up to that? Just like horror movies, you know, horror movies lead to um, needing more, more horror and more horror. And many times they've said that People who were serial killers were addicted to porn, but it started with horror. Sometimes it's the other way around. Porn and horror are the the drug of choice. So, okay, All Hallows Eve. Um, this was before All Saints Day, which is now Halloween, and so you know that's become normal. I I have some thoughts on that. That we went through a phase of letting our kids trick or treat, so that we weren't the parents that were considered jerks. We didn't make our kids lose out. We didn't, we thought, well, if we keep them from Halloween, they'll rebel someday and run off because we sheltered them. And yeah, we've, we, we regret doing it. Luckily our kids went a few years and then there were years it was so cold here in Green Bay. They're like, can we just like, we're like, you know what, we'll go take you to Kroll's and have a cheeseburger and we'll buy you candy king size. Like, let's go home. And they were fine with it. But still, it's just, I don't even, in fact, this year we're going to do a, a indoor at our church um, candy fest, candy land. I can't remember what it's called, Willy Wonka style. So it's an alternative to trick-or-treating. So, um, I mean, I used to think, let's not even say the word October 31st, let alone Halloween. Now we're going to do a party at our church. It's like, yeah, let's give an alternative if we think it's not a good crack to open up. Uh, sexual sin. uh and called pride, uh, which is what Lucifer had right before he fell. These are some things that are normal, sexual sin, and just basically, I can love who I want, do what I want. Like, you're not going to tell me that pride is the pride that 
Lucifer had, that Lucifer is trying to increase and spur on in all of us. Another cultural thing is seances and which photo shoots, which no pun intended, which is happening. It's insane that there's people who are doing which seances and which, which photo shoots and then posting them on their Facebook. And then others are like, Oh my gosh, we should get our girls together, our daughters and do that. What? And then I had, I had said, um, a church of Satan may be coming to a street near you. And I say that because in Las Vegas, there is a strip mall and then across the street from when you go to that strip mall to do whatever you need to do, um, there is a church of Satan with a marquee that basically looks like a church marquee. Like here's when you can come and speak to the dead. Here's when you can come and do seances and here's our service times. Basically it's crazy. Um, so some may mock my list that I bring up pride and sexual sin and I bring up Harry Potter and, but this is what Matthew 13, 13 through 15 says. It says, therefore I speak to them in parables. This is Jesus. Therefore I speak to them in parables because while seeing they do not see and while hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Meaning sometimes you have to give examples because it's, it's like we can have blinders on. Um, so here's, here's a quiz that I think is helpful um, to know how to not let the darkness in. So here are three cracks that let darkness in. I guess it's not a quiz. This is more like an inventory. This is three cracks that let darkness in. So maybe it's an inventory on do I struggle with any or all of these three things. So the first one, three cracks that let darkness in. Number one, hate. Uh, the Bible says that one who says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Man, hate. So hate grows to bitterness, and it often comes from offense where we've truly been hurt or offended. But that unforgiveness can grow to hate. Um, the the From a podcast oh, recently, the flesh is the open door for the enemy to shut down the things of the Holy Spirit. The flesh is the open door for the enemy to shut down the things of the Holy Spirit. I just recently heard that. All right, the second crack that you might have is haughtiness. Uh, you're like, haughtiness? Haughtiness, the definition is a pride of life, a love for the world, desiring little g-gods. Just I, And let me just tell you the verse. There's a verse in the Bible, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Almost like we have a certain amount of love and affection that we can give to that which the person or the deity we are to worship. There's only, it can only go to one. And so if it's going to the world, it's not going to the father. So um, haughtiness, the reason I talk about that is because it is a pride of life. And I was watching documentaries of Audrey Hepburn and Catherine Hepburn and Hedy Lamar, Marilyn Monroe, Diana, in the crown, even Tanya Tucker, a country singer, like all these documentaries of people who really aren't in the limelight anymore. And, uh, I just looked at them and, and their story in the, each documentary, there was this striving to get known by the world. And then there was this retreating in every one of their stories to get out of the sight and the attention of the world. So the very thing that they None of them were pushed into it and they didn't want it. They wanted to be famous, 
But many, if not all of those people I just listed were trying to get out of the world. Some would disappear and have children and like not show their face in public and get away from paparazzi for a decade and they just disappeared. Some like Marilyn Monroe just got on drugs and more drugs and more drugs. Um, Tanya Tucker was completely depressed, an alcoholic. Um, I mean, some of these people, they, they're, they survived, but some didn't. And I heard this uh, guy say one time he had written a song by the age of 25 that someone had made famous. And one of his life goals, although he struggled with mental health, his teen years and his adult years, his goal was that he would become a um, uh, someone who wrote a song that hit number one. He didn't need to sing it. He just needed to write the song that someone would take number one. And by 25, he had done it. And this is what he said. You don't know true depression until you reach your goal. Ugh. You know, you still have a void in your heart even when you reach your goal. And it's this awareness. Like I reached the pinnacle that was going to take all of my sadness away, but he, he didn't have Jesus. And so the void he was trying to fill with success by age 25, he filled it. And it's like, now what? There's a void that we can only fill with Jesus. So um, the third question as a crack of darkness is hurt. People will, people have and will keep hurting you, um, but don't let that harden your heart to Jesus. In fact, there's a verse in the Bible that says, children, it is the last hour. Just as you heard that the anti-Messiah is coming, even now many anti-Messiahs have come but this, we know that this is the last hour. They left us, but they didn't really belong to us. If they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But they left us, so it became clear that none of them belonged to us. This is talking about people in your life. I know it said anti-Messiah. It's, again, that spirit of anti-Christ, anti-Jesus, anti-what we're believing in and putting our hope in in Jesus. And, and this is saying if they came to you and they just disappeared on you, they, they never were, it's become clear that none of them were to belong to us. Um, sometimes God will take people out of our life because they're going to continue to hurt us and we're not taking them out of our life. So he takes them out of our life for us. But these wounds of hurt make us vulnerable. And so that's why we have to identify those, those wounds. We have to get help. That's why we're huge on journey to wholeness, whether you take that in Green Bay is one of our intensives or 12-week course, or you take a Journey to Wholeness intensive at our retreat center in North Carolina, wounds and hurt are, are a crack, a huge crack to the enemy if, if unhealed, if unaddressed. So we just have to remember, of all those things I talked about, of the three cracks into darkness, ultimately we have to test the spirits and know that those who won't say Jesus is Lord and Savior— and that Jesus is the only way. You cannot intertwine and yoke yourself, connect yourself with those people if it's going to pull you down. And you can say, well, how do I know if it's pulling me down? Nine times out of ten, it will pull you down. Um, now, I believe in having acquaintances who are not Jesus people, talking with, getting to know the lost, trying to bring people to Jesus, 
But as for yoking myself and connecting myself at a level where I can be vulnerable and then be hurt by someone who is not a Jesus person and, or as far as anti-Jesus, I mean, it's just not safe. So this is what I would say to you as we close up this whole series is it is important that we look at those three cracks. It is important that we test the spirits, but ultimately the most important thing we can do is connect ourselves so directly with Jesus, so directly with the Holy Spirit that we will know when we are given a red flag, when we have that warning and that little sense in our gut, like, "Mm, this is called yoga slash Pilates. I know the line. I'm not going to do it. Or this is called Pilates, but I'm going to do some research. Or my friend's into crystals, but I really love her and she won't push them on me. So if I go to this event with her, it'll probably be okay. Mm, If you go to that event with her and that's what she's into, you may be subjected to that. It's really listening to that inner voice, which needs to be the inner voice of the Holy Spirit. Counterfeit light would say, oh yeah, you have an inner voice, you have a truth. But listen, we we need to get more serious about asking the Holy Spirit to come into our heart and our life. And so this is one of the shortest of the four podcasts. And I just want to pray over you. I want to pray over every listener. If you share this podcast, hopefully this prayer will will be meaningful and help those who listen. So God, I pray right now for an openness. I know there's an openness in our world like never before. Obviously, this is why people get confused and they dabble in stuff that people would have never thought of dabbling in before, but there is such an openness. But God, I pray specifically for an openness to you, to your voice. Evil screams and goodness whispers. And so that's maybe why you said in the Bible, the still small voice of you can direct us. So God, we have to quiet the world. We have to quiet all of the suggestions and the lies and the the agendas out there and quiet those. And that's why you say, go into your room, go into your closet and pray and then wait and listen for you. So God, I pray if there are people that they maybe have given their life over to you in terms of Jesus, you're their Lord and Savior, but they've not asked the Holy Spirit to come in. I pray even now, wherever they are, they would one, ask Jesus, you to be Lord and Savior, you to be Lord and run and 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 push out any other deity belief. You be the Lord of their life. You be the Savior that saves them from fear and death on this earth and in eternity. You save them from eternal punishment that is real and is the darkness that's trying to lure people in on earth, that you will rescue and save them. So be their Lord and Savior. And then Holy Spirit, that they would open themselves up to you, that Holy Spirit, you would flood their life, their home. God, maybe they'd anoint their their house with oil, olive oil, avocado oil, whatever they have, not because the oil is powerful, but because the prayer is powerful. And God, there would be breakthrough. They would protect their home, they'd protect the bedrooms of their children that uh, have probably turned certain shows on, listened to certain things. There would be a purification that comes through your Holy Spirit, a purification that comes through confession and repentance. And God, that this would not just be a podcast that 
that gave us some information, but that actually changes the trajectory of our life and our kids' lives so that our legacy is not one of confusion, but of truth, that is of spirit and truth and your spirit, Holy Spirit. Your Holy Spirit can knock these demons out with your little pinky. So we don't give authority to this demonic because we will not receive it. And I pray against curses that have been spoke over families, over regions in Jesus' name. Now, I just was reminded as I prayed that prayer that I did pray this um, prayer of, I'm just looking for it here, this prayer of deliverance. And I'm going to pray it as well. We still have plenty of time. Father, in the name of Jesus, I bind the spirit of the wizard, all all Native American witchcraft spirits and all other territorial witchcraft spirits. I renounce the religious spirit, the spirits of unforgiveness, bitterness, resentment, anger, hate, and spite, the root of bitterness and malice and any other hindering spirit in my life and in listeners' lives. I bind the third eye of the mediums and their physical, psychic, and spiritual attacks against me and all that concerns me. Every assignment, operation, work, plan, activity, trap, and snare is bound and blocked from me personally, my family members, business, and ministry affairs. All curses, hexes, vexes, bewitchments, enchantments, cantrips, which is a magical spell or witch's trick, judgments of witches and warlocks and acts of evil are cursed to the root. Yes, in Jesus' name, over me and my family and over the listeners. Witchcraft, sorcery, magic, candle magic, potion magic, black magic, white magic, contagious magic, and omens have no power working against my assignments in life. God, in this church where I sit and do this podcast, in our homes that we live in, in my children's life, in our cars, in every listener where they are, New Age, Santeria, and Userba forces cannot penetrate my barriers of... Protection, every work of a curse, ritual, or sacrifice to Satan is counted as null and void. I plead the blood of Jesus against every act and declare that no weapon formed against me will prosper. All demonic thoughts, threats, mental locutions, statements, and ideations are cast down and will not become a stronghold for the devil's use. I renounce all self-inflicted curses through negative confessions, imagery, and manifestation. I even want to add identity words that I've placed over myself or I have allowed my children to say over them, I renounce those that I may have opened the doors to. I cancel every demonic strategy against me and the ones I called to be connected with and covered by or called to cover. God, I pray for every staff member at Life Church. I pray for every staff member at the Reserve. I pray for every staff member that is yet to come, every staff member at the Exchange. God, that they will never manifest or come to pass and are cursed and destroyed at their root. I render them to no effect. They are judged by God, spoiled, and put to open shame. Every plan of the enemy will never be seeded into my life and take root. No weapons formed against us will prosper. As soon as the enemy attacks, the enforcements of the Lord will be launched against him and his seed dried up. I cast down every vain imagination. It is broken off me, my ministry, my people, and families now, off everyone who's listening to this podcast and everyone they will share it with and listen to this immediately, completely, and permanently. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I've sent this prayer, that deliverance prayer, the actual like copy and pasted text in an email to people on my list. If you want to email me at sunny, S-O-N-N-Y, at 
lifechurchgreenbay.com. And just, you can put in the subject or you can write a sentence and say, can I get that deliverance prayer? I will copy and paste what I just read so that you have it. You might want to walk through your house and, and pray that prayer. You might want to walk into your kid's room and pray that prayer. We don't know what kid has had something spoken over them. And then they walk in our house, hang out with our kids. And we wonder why our kids started acting different or depressed. Or um, the lady I was talking to earlier today uh, said that she was told by other people specific curses that the white witch had told them they spoke over this Christian woman. And so some of those words can be like, oh my gosh, what were you saying? What are those things? Well, those things don't come from my imagination, those are actual terms. Many of those terms you didn't understand. Candle magic, contagious magic. Those those kind of curses and magic words, those are straight from what is actually part of their culture. And just like we're praying to take over a city with Jesus and to bring the life-giving message of Jesus, and we're praying to be a light, they're doing the same thing. They're trying to take out us and take out the city, but they don't call it taking out. They're wanting their their form of worship and magic to take over. So I will say, since I read that in our building, since we did the spiritual warfare series, and since I have been praying the armor of God, it's in Ephesians, since I've been praying the armor of God, whenever I even begin to feel like a demonic presence trying to invade Man, the Holy Spirit's so strong, and I believe He's mounted angels and broken curses, and there's been a shift uh, since we began really digging into this and um, praying the armor, which I started praying the armor of God in August um, 2023, and I have felt a difference. Even as I read that prayer, I'm like, oh my gosh, I really feel like we broke some things that that we're not broken yet, but it's amazing when you speak things out. So anyway, email me, sunny at lifechurchgreenbay.com. If you want me to send you that deliverance prayer, I'll just copy and paste it in the body of the email. Um, I'd love for you to share this. And I have other studies on here, Revelations, which talks about the end times I did during COVID before I knew it was going to get as kooky as it did. Um, I've done a study on Jacob and I think I have a couple more studies on there. Also on YouTube and on uh, all the podcast platforms. We have a rise after the fall podcast that my husband and I do. Also a cheer, uh, cheery conversations is another YouTube and podcast cheery conversations. It's cheery conversations on juicy topics. And so would love for you to check those out. So love you so much. I'm so glad you were part of my world for these four episodes and I hope that it helps.